Episode 83 on the Nine Points Started with a Dream podcast. Welcome to Nine Points Started with a Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode, we have a shell and she's my new friend from the Dallas, Texas area, the South Child to Sackley High School. In this episode, in Richardson High School, but in this episode, she kind of goes through her journey, you know, from how she moved here from Egypt trying to learn a new sport to how she realized, you know, there were a lot of things she did not know about being a college student athlete and what that journey looked like and what it really meant to beyond the glamour and how that led to her to writing her book and being an overseas pro athlete and so much more. And so this episode is going to be a great episode for anyone just looking for maybe a glimpse inside the, the lens, you know, a glimpse inside what it looks like to be inside that world. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and let's get to it. So Ashel, the question that everyone that comes on is um, when you're younger as an athlete, what was one of your biggest term goals you wanted to achieve? Um, I would say um, when you're a younger athlete, um, I think the biggest goal I feel like everybody has in mind is to go on and get a scholarship to college and then to take it further to play in the pros. I think as an athlete, that those are the kind of steps that we kind of think about, you know, and plan out um, with our careers. And, you know, you never know how you're going to get there. You never know if you're actually going to get there, but you have the you tend to get the confidence and you tend to do the hard work to get there. And um, so I would say, yeah. So that was, so that was your dream you know, to go, go like go pro? Yes, that was actually, it's so crazy because my journey was a little different. Um, <clears throat> most kids start playing basketball at the age of four or five, you know, when they're younger. For me, um, I moved here from Egypt when I was about nine years old. And moving here, it was like a different culture, different environment. Um, I didn't really pick up sports until um, high school, when I was in high school. And I, I didn't even know how to play basketball. I was uncoordinated. Like, I just, I was just this tall, skinny kid um, that was just uncoordinated, didn't know much about the sport or any other sport. Um, and I remember trying out for my freshman team in high school. And <clears throat> although I was terrible, I think my coach saw some potential in me. So she went ahead and put me on the freshman team. And that's how I developed over time. And at first I wasn't, I didn't even know that you could go to college for basketball or sports period. I didn't know you can get scholarships. I didn't know anything about that. I knew about academic scholarships, but I didn't know about like athletic scholarships. Um, I also didn't really know about the pros that much, you know, um, coming into a new country. So I was learning everything all at once. Um, and so when I started playing basketball, I think that world just kind of opened up to me. And that's when I started learning about scholarships, you know, going to school for free, getting an education while you're at it. And uh, and then, you know, planning for the pros, if that's what you want to do and if you have the opportunity. So that's kind of how I took it. Shout out to Spikely High and, and what are the coach names? The coach's name is Coach McCullough, Donna McCullough. Coach McCullough, she changed the game for you. She did. She really did. Yeah. She literally put me out there out of my comfort zone I tried out honestly because I saw I, I, I wanted to do something right when you're in high school you kind of want to try different things and so I was like oh this would be interesting you know and I, I, I watched it you know um, so I was like oh this would be something cool to try just as a hobby I, I really didn't know I was going to have a career or make a career out of it um, and she saw something in me that I, I didn't see um, and from that point forward she just kind of like just um I guess she, yeah, she played a big part in my future now and, and how I developed and 
um, how fast I developed too, honestly. I developed really fast for someone that's never played the sport or doesn't really know much about the sport starting off, especially at that age, you know. So it's like, at, what, I was 15, right? 15 and, and mm -hmm. as a freshman. So it's like kind of, I would say it's kind of late in the game at that point to kind of pick up a new sport. But I feel like if you have the skill sets, um, if you do the hard work and, and all that, then you can over time, you know, get better and get really good at it. I mean, at first I thought, you know, I mean, I thought everybody in my age group was ahead of me because they've been playing for a really long time. You, you know, they were using trainers, they played AU ball. So I, I felt like I was behind, but um, I took my time with it. And I was around people that I needed to be around to kind of develop me, not only mentally, but physically as well. And it just went from there. And then I was able to um, follow my course, follow my journey, and it led me to here now. So, yeah. That's awesome they said that because cause I know, like, just because, like, in Dallas, sports are everything, right? You know, things, right. things are so competitive, especially at the high school level. And the fact that they didn't know that you kind of just – kind of just trust the process a little bit. I think that's kind of cool to, for someone to hear it, you know, because for someone to know that if you just keep working at it, you know, that you can just kind of just learn the game along the right way. Most definitely. So so for you, you know, you came from Egypt. Mm -hmm. And so what was that like trying to, you know, make friends and figure out, you know, this life in the U.S.? Honestly, I think it's it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Um, and it made it more difficult just because I obviously didn't know the language. So like coming here is just like a like a baby having to learn like a language or having to learn how to walk. You know, you start from the beginning stages and you, you know, learn as you go. But communicating was very, really tough. And, and in this life, you have to be able to communicate with people. Right. Um, that's the number one thing. And so not having the communication aspect was really tough and making friends or talking to my teachers or whatever the case was. So when I got here, um, I was putting ESL, which is like English yeah. second language, learned the, the language. And, and my, my growth through that was astonishing, I would say, because I, I literally, it was quick, you know, it, it wasn't like most kids, like they would tell me like, you're growing at a really rapid rate and I was picking it up. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because it was me personally or usually if you're a foreigner and you're learning a language i've heard that you pick it up faster if you're learning like a different language because you you know other languages so i don't know if it's true i don't know but um through that i was able to pick up the language faster and so then when i started learning some stuff i was able to use that to communicate um make friends and and you know um talk to my teachers and yeah did sports kind of come like maybe like a, a common ground to kind of help you kind of make connections with people? Most definitely, yes. Um, especially in high school, right? So you're trying to find who you are. You're trying to find what group you belong to. Um, and when you play sports, I think for me, it was more than just sports because I was able to be around a group of ladies that I really admired and, and liked. And um, we all grew together. And it's just having something in common it, it feels great, right? Because you, you guys can do everything together. You don't have to feel like an, an outsider. And as, um, as an athlete, I feel like we get a lot of love too from other people that are not in sports. So that kind of like fuels your confidence, especially in high school, because that's like one of like the toughest time of your life. You know, most people would say, 
So having um, a support system, you know, being involved in, in sports and having a support system, a family, um, some friendships and creating those relationships, I think helps you as a person, not just as an athlete. So that was really um, one of the, the main things that I really liked about being in the sports world, being in the athletic world, because you felt like you weren't doing it alone. You know, you had people that you can lean on that were going through the same thing you were going through. So it kind of helped with certain situations you probably felt or needed someone to go through with you. Definitely, definitely. Nothing, nothing like having that community behind you. Right, definitely. So so at what point did you, in the journey did you kind of realize, that, like, yo, I can be good at this? Um, I would say my sophomore year. So for, uh, for me particularly, I went through the steps of playing on the freshman team and then moving up to JV my sophomore year playing JV. And then I didn't get moved up to varsity until after the end of my varsity, I mean, the end of my JV season. Um, you know how varsity goes to mm -hmm. playoffs? And yeah. most JE people get moved up because they feel like they're good enough. And also, if you know any of the players from varsity were to get in foul trouble or anything, then they could play the JV people. And that's how my uh, my journey was. And I just saw the development um, with with my uh, skills. It's just I don't know. It just happened really fast. And I started thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, I can I can really do this seriously. Like I, I love what I'm doing. I enjoyed it so much playing basketball. I enjoyed it so much. And and then once people came up to me and started telling me, Oh my gosh, you're so good and then they asked me, How long have you been playing? And I only tell them like, you know, I've only been playing for a year now. They're like they're like taken back and, and that just fueled my confidence, right? And I'm like, Okay, they really think I'm that good then I could do so much more than what I thought initially, you know? And so played on the sophomore, uh, JV team as a sophomore, got moved to uh, varsity. And then um, on varsity, it was kind of sh of a struggle because I was good, but they started putting all the, the, the pressure on me, right? Of having to perform, like the key, one of, being one of the key players on the team. And so coming from someone that's just, okay, I'm developing, I like this, to, oh my gosh, you're that person now it was kind of tough because it happened so fast, but um, I had people around me and my coaching staff was very understanding and they kind of um, helped me through that. And then I only was able to play one season of AU. And honestly, I wasn't even looking into it. I didn't know anything about that world. Nobody was really helping me through this process. I mean, my mom didn't really know about this. Um, and my coaching staff, back then AU wasn't as big as today, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of like a different world. I graduated in 2012, so it was kind of like a different world. Hey, 2012. So, 2012 was worth that. I was 2012. Huh? 2012 was worth that. I was 2012. Really? Yeah. Rich high school, that was the best class ever. 2012 was the best class ever. The best Preach. year. I don't, I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> Preach. Definitely, yeah. That was that class. Uh, no matter what school you went to, 2012 was that class. So... Yeah, I ended up only playing one summer, and it was just my my teammate one day came into the locker room, and she's like, hey, I play on this AU team, and I would like for you to play play for us or play with us, and I was like, sure. Like, I was just like, okay. I'm, I wasn't like, oh, no, I have to find the best AU team so I can get exposure. Nobody was thinking that way, you know, back in, in, in 2012, you know, and now it's different in today's society, but back then it was like, okay, I just want to play. I want to get better. I want to keep playing during the summer, you know, and, ex and get exposure, the amount of exposure you could get uh, back then. And so I started playing, and then these colleges out of nowhere just started rolling in and wanting to know about me, contacting my high school, high school coach. And, you know, back then, the relationship between college coaches and high school coaches was a little stronger than it is today, you know? 
Um, so instead of talking to my AU coach as much, they were also talking to my high school coach. And, you know, I trusted my high school coach the most, you know, because she's the one that watched me develop. You know, she knows the type of player I am. And um, I felt like she kind of had some relationships with some of these colleges, colleges or had some information. So it was good um, with that. So. Yeah, and then I started getting scholarships, offers, and I really didn't know how to handle that process. So it was kind of a, like an interesting journey. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome, just kind of just uh, just to kind of kind of vision it, like kind of how it happened for you. So it's almost like you go from you know new to the game to the game really loving you back, and it's right, like and right. it's like and it's like oh snap, I can do something with this, right. So, so once you, you know, you, you kind of stay close to home and, and went and went to North Texas, right? So, the so once you got that offer, or or, or maybe like when you when you're getting offers, what do you think it was gonna be like being a student athlete in college? How I thought it was gonna go, honestly, you might laugh at me um, for saying this, but you know that you know I'm pretty sure everybody knows about this. Um, you know that movie, Love and Basketball. <laughs> yep. Hey, classic. <laughs> I honestly thought that that's how college was, you know, aside from, aside from like the romantic aspect of the movie, you know, I was like, okay, that's how it's going to be. It's going to be that tough and it's going to be fun. I'm going to be enjoying it. I'm going to, you know, all these things. And when you're coming out of high school as a star athlete um, in your respective school, whatever the case may be, you're thinking like, I'm going to be the star on this team, you know, and then coaches talk to you like you are a star, you know? So you're thinking, okay, like I'm going to be just like in high school, I was a star. So I'm going to be a star in college. You're not thinking of going to school with other players that are just as good as you or even better. You know, now you're in a pool, a pool of athletes that are, are good and elite. You know, you're not like in high school anymore where like, you know, three, three to, you know, three to five, you know, people on the team are good. And then the rest of them are like, okay, you, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so going to college, it, it was tougher than I thought, honestly, and I imagined and I think it tested my mental um, more than it tested my physical, you know, um, physical state. And it's just so many things that are thrown at you that you are not ready for, no matter if you talk to people about it or not, or they tell you about their journey. Because everybody's journey is, is different, even though it's the same as athletes. And, and dealing with, uh, for me specifically, I signed to a coach to go to UNT, you know, when I decided that that's the school I wanted to attend. And... For me, I signed because of the coach that was there and not so much, oh my gosh, I love this school, you know? It's like you signed there because you feel like a coach is going to develop you both mentally, physically, and, and career-wise, you know, to be the best person and athlete you can be. So I signed to a coach, but then that coach decided that, you know, her dream job was somewhere else. So she took her dream job. And so I had to basically since I made a commitment, you know, I had to go there still and, and do my freshman year there. And that was a struggle playing under a different coaching staff that I didn't know and didn't, didn't really know me or my game. So that was tough. Um, but um, I had some people on the team that, you know, looked out for me and had my back for the most part. And I enjoy my freshman year was tough, but I think the whole experience taught me a lot, you know, um, and it kind of helps you uh grow faster or develop faster than you might have thought or you might have wanted to you know 
So you grow up a little bit quicker than you, you know, you think and you start looking at things differently and it teaches you a lot of stuff. And as an athlete, you're juggling, juggling so many things. So it's not just athletics that you're focusing on. I think it'd be easier if it was just athletics, but you're here trying to get a degree, you know, and, and do the best you can in the classroom. So you're having to deal with that. And then you have to deal with uh, athletics and then you're having to deal with making friends, you know, um, people that, you know, are going to be in your circle that are outside of athletics. So they, you can have a different perspective on your college you know, your college journey and try to do the best thing. So it was, it was a lot definitely <laughs> that you have to grow through and, you know, go through. So, yeah. I know a lot of athletes go through that and, mm-hmm. and, and, and it needs to go good or bad for you. Especially like basketball, like a smaller team is easier, but I know like sports like football or whatever. You have like, you have like 120 kids and the coach changed. Right. You can't know, you know, all these different, different players and, and know what they, they're good and bad at. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. For you, when we, we kind of had that coach change, how 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 did you go about, you know, maybe getting that coach to kind of understand who you were since they didn't recruit you out of, out of school? Well, first, I would like to say that whenever you're signing to a school, for all the athletes out there, don't sign to a school because of the coach. Because of this situation, um, coaches can leave, you know, at any time that they want. And athletes have different standards, you know. So if you're going to sign to a school and just think of, of the uh, situation of, okay, my coaches leave, like, would I still want to attend a school, you know, would I still want to get a degree at the school, would I still enjoy being at the school? So I think you should consider all aspects. Uh, but for me, um, it, I don't know. I don't know how coaches think in that way. New co- when new coaches come in, I don't know if they watch film on you. I don't know if they just ask about you. I don't know what their process is, but for me, um, we, we met and, you know, they told me, this is who I am. This is where I coach. This is my, you know, my, uh, my journey in college athletics. These are my wins. The, you know, they kind of give you the whole spill of who they are. And for, for me at that time, at that age, I wasn't, you know, just Googling people, you know, trying to, trying to find out exactly who they were or what their success rate is. I kind of took their word for it. I was like, okay, this is who you are. You're telling me this is who you are. So this is who you are. Um, and at that point you can't really do anything about it. Um, it you know, I'm going to be honest. I did think about um, leaving the school, um, transferring, but it was kind of hard because I had already signed. It was late in the game to transfer. Um, I felt like I would have ended up in a really bad situation because it was 50-50, right? I leave and then go where, you know? Who, 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 what coaches do I talk to? And they, there's so many rules in college athletics, so that plays a role. So it's not like you can just say, oh, I want to leave and go. You have, coaches have to give you your release, first of all. Then some coaches and some schools do cross out certain schools that you can't go to. You can't go to schools in your conference. You have to sit out a year. So there's so many things that come with transferring. And I talked to some people that I, I valued their opinion and, and I knew that cared for me and try to get their, their opinion on what they thought I should do. And their best, um, their best opinion was to just stay and, you know, take on that first year as a freshman, see how it went. And then if I didn't like it, if I felt like it wasn't a good fit for me anymore, that I could leave and, and then, you know, start that transferring um, situation and uh, journey. So I decided to stay. I think looking back now, I think my whole journey was a little tough. I had so many struggles, but I feel like it it was supposed to happen how it happened. You know, as an athlete, you obviously want to put yourself in the best situations possible. 
because your college career, when you go to the pros, that matters, right? They look at that, you know, where you are, where you went, how, how you did, what the competition was like, the conference you're in, all that, you know, and the coaching, the, the coaching staff that you're under and the school that you're at plays a role and influences if you're going to be a great athlete, you know, I think as an athlete, you can do so much by yourself, but whoever is taking care of you, whoever you're, you know, following the directions and whoever's leading you plays a big role into your success. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. So you want to position yourself, you know, the best possible situation, although sometimes you can't control some of the stuff that happens along the way. So I just decided to tackle out my freshman year and then, um, you know, that's how we went. And I honestly decided to, to transfer again, you know, <clears throat> that transferring thing came up because I was like, I don't know if I'm, I'm happy here. I don't know if I like the situation, you know, but um, I think it worked out the way it was supposed to work out, honestly. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. That's awesome. And I think anyone we can relate, you know, because it's, it's a story that happens every year, you know, like coaches cares still happens and, you know, you're left trying to figure out, do I have a spot in this system? Right, right. And then so that's that awesome that that you kind of just said I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna stick it, stick it out and kind of ride the waves. Yeah, I think you just have to be mentally tough and strong. To be honest, you know, um, I think for any student athlete, it'd be hard to play under someone that you don't know their system. And and I I honestly agree with that. Oh, if you have a certain coach, because certain coaches don't adapt to certain players, right? They expect the player to adapt to the coach, but sometimes it doesn't work like that. You know, sometimes. You're, some some players can only play under certain systems, you know, because that's that's how they are. And whenever you try to change change that, it's it's tougher because you if you come out of high school playing a certain position, right, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into a new position at a at a level where it's so high, you know, it's kind of hard to make that transition and perform like you're expected to perform. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of tough. So I think the expectations when it comes to like new coaches or new coaching staff or playing with different, you know, uh, new teammates, it's kind of, um, of an adjustment, honestly. But I think you have to be mentally tough. You have, I think you have to love what you're doing to bypass all the things in the background that are trying to prevent you from being great. And I just have to, you know, go after chasing your goals and what you want to do, no matter what environment you're in, you know, you're supposed to adapt no matter the environment you're in and try to do your best to succeed. So, yeah. Mic drop. That was some <laughs> fire right there. You know, and <laughs> you. like, like just that it, it, it won't always be easy. You just got to just fight through it. Was the dream still the pro journey? Yeah. So um, the pro dream, I think, yeah, the pro journey or the pro dream did come true. I mean, I did want to play in the WNBA. You know, I think every athlete or every girl athlete that grows up, you know, that's their dream, dream job. It's like to play in the WNBA, but we also have to be realistic at times because there's so many things that go into playing in that league, you know, Um, you know, there's only what a certain percentage of us that actually go and play the professional level. And I think, you know, the conference you're in plays a role, um, there's so many, there's so much politics surrounding that situation. A lot of people don't understand. It's not just, oh, if you're good, you go to the league, you know, because I know a lot of great players that aren't playing the WBA and it's kind of puzzling, but there's so much politics that go into it. So with that, obviously that dream didn't come true, true, but I'm still living my dream because I'm playing here overseas. And um, I love it because first of all, I get to travel, you know, apart from you know, getting paid to do, you know, to do what I love. I get to travel. I get to meet new, you know, people, you know, entertain new cultures, learn so many things. And 
I think the growth within that is so much more than, you know, what I could have gotten in the league in the U.S. And obviously that's everybody's goal, but just because I didn't reach that goal doesn't mean I didn't reach my goal at all. You get what I'm saying? Um, and so there's, I don't know, you know, throughout life, your journey kind of takes a different road and, and you could still reach the same destination with different, you know, roads and you just have to be consistent and resilient and, and know what you want and know your worth. And, and I think that's how my journey worked out. And I love what I do. Um, I think it's, it's really interesting. I get to create really great relationships, whether it's with the Americans I play with or against or the, you know, the natives that live in whatever country I'm at, you know. And, um, you know, I still like the first two seasons, well, the first season of my college, I mean, of my pro career, I still, I'm still really cool with that coach, you know. And it's it's interesting and, and awesome to note that because, you know, as athletes overseas, you, you play a season in a country and then you move around, you know. And you can always obviously resign, but you get to move around. So the creation, I mean, the relationships you create, you kind of leave behind a little bit, you know. Um, but to know that someone cares about you that much to keep up that relationship and that connection, I think means a lot, you know, and you never know when you're going to need those people again or, or whatever the case may be. So I, I value a lot of the connections and relationships I make along the way, you know. And, and, and what's cool though, just how, you know, early, early you said, I thought it was going to be, be like loving basketball. Yeah. And, and, and the way it kind of was for you though. You know, because if you because you look at like Monica's journey, outside like outside outside like the love stuff, she went through a a, a tough journey in a college game. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of went through her own tribulation and like that, and then she and then she went pro. So in a way, yeah. you, in a way, you, you kind of did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that way, yeah, you know, yeah, with the exception of the love part, yeah, the love start. You know, hey, but you know, there's still time. You can have a love and basketball overseas edition, grief edition. <laughs> make it happen. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, make, make it happen. But but so the kind of so 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 we're going to release it on a big day for you, right? It's the inter- anniversary of your book, mm-hmm. and and the book is called "The Reality Behind the Glamour of College Athletics," right? Yes. So, yeah. so, so what inspired you to, to create this book, you know, a year ago? Um, I think my inspiration honestly came not just from myself and the journey I went through. Um, it came from me helping my sisters because my sisters play college basketball. So one of them is at Texas A&M Commerce right now playing having a really great season and then um my high school um sister she's a senior this year she'll be going to tcu in the summer uh, for summer workouts they were going through the same thing i was going through out of high school but the difference between me and them is i was able to help them make the right decisions for themselves you know i was able to help guide them and tell them the, the truth about college and what they should prepare for because it's best to prepare someone for something than not be prepared and then kind of have to make just random decisions, right, that they think is right. So for, with that, I was like, this is crazy because a lot of athletes are going through this. A lot of athletes are being pulled out of high school, thrown into the system. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what to look forward to. All they know is I just want to play this sport, this, this sport. And then most of the time, athletes are really known to be uneducated, you know? We, they, they, we're known to not take our education seriously. All we care about is our athletics. 
And to a certain extent, I think that's true, you know, because I witnessed that in college, you know, with some of the uh, teammates I had or other teammates from other schools. So I really wanted to just highlight the reality of college for athletes um, and just kind of inspire, educate and prepare them for that world and, and the reality that they don't see, the reality that people don't talk about, you know, of, okay, if you go to school and you're, the only thing you focus on is athletics and you don't really focus on your, your education, if you don't have a chance at going pro or playing after, what are you going to do with your life? You still have to live. You know, life still is going to be going, you know, moving forward. And what are you going to do? You know, what kind of career do you want to pursue? You know, what kind of degrees are you getting? Are these degrees meaningful? Are you really going to, are you going to make money out of these degrees, you know, to, to make a living? And those are real questions that a lot of athletes don't stop to think about you know all they think about is what's now right and what's to come they don't think of okay if that doesn't work out what else am I going to do and I think the education aspect honestly I was really passionate about so I really wanted to highlight that the most um, in my book I also talked about the mental health aspect of athletes you know I talked about injuries I talked about um, uh, scholarships and the difference because the the, the value of the scholarships is different from a division one uh, player to a division two or even juco and all that and we tend to only talk about division one uh, school athletes but we forget about the rest of them you know and they're important as well they matter and so i think a lot of education isn't really put on the other aspect of college athletics they just only talk about the glamour of college athletics which is okay you get to play you know in, in an arena with multiple fans and they're gonna be cheering your name, you know, um, and you're gonna go to the school, you're gonna get so much love. So that's the only thing we, you know, highlight, we don't highlight the rest of it. And that's what I wanted to do with this book. So, yeah. I gotta buy a copy then. I, I'm, I'm, I, gotta, I gotta read this, because for me, I think in my personal experience, I thought I, I thought it would be like um, NCAA football, the video game. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think, and I think like hopefully someone reading your book, they can realize, you know, that, you should, you should really choose a, a, a legit degree. <laughs> no facts. No, that's real, like real facts because, I mean, even if you do make a pro, right, let's say one year out of you know, college, you make a pro, you never know where that journey is going to take you, you know, and injury, you know, God forbid, injuries are a thing for us, you know, our bodies can only go for so long, you know, and so when your body starts giving up on you or if you sustain an injury, how are you going to move forward? Most athletes, honestly, that's when the mental um, health aspect of it kicks in because we've, we've been caring about this thing for so long. We've been doing this thing for so long. Once it's taken away from us, we feel like our lives are over. We don't know what to do next. We don't know what our next steps are. And it's because I feel like we aren't prepared for that. You know, our coaches, you know, are, we're in college for four years and your coaches should be, you know, helping you grow as a person as well as an athlete, not just an athlete. So when they help you grow as a person, then you know they're doing their job. You know, when they're only helping you as an athlete, they don't care about you beyond that. You know, they only care about you when you're providing them something, which is your athletic ability. And when that's done, it's like they don't even know you anymore. So you want to be able to care for yourself and not rely on other people to care for you. That has to do with, um, you know, learning how to do your resumes while you're still in college, applying for internships when you have the time, you know. But, you know, interview skills, those things that you need in the real world, because you do live in the real world. We like to think that we live in our own world, our athletic world, but they merge, you know, you're still a person, so you're still in the real world. And you, you need to know how to merge those two and, and be prepared for whatever, you know, have a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, <laughs> have, yeah. have plans, you know, because you never know what life is going to give you, you know, and obviously we want to have an optimistic approach to it, but you just never know. And I think my biggest thing also about the book was highlighting the retirement aspect of our sport. 
a lot of a lot of athletes don't know how to retire their sport it's like a it's it's hard for them they don't know how to do that it's like it's impossible they think it's impossible well that's because they didn't really prepare themselves outside of athletics so once they retire and and they find out oh I can't play after or you know they decide they don't want to play after their bodies can't go they're like okay what now but you should have been preparing for that while you were still in college. I want to say maybe your your junior senior year. That's when you need to buckle down and really prepare for that, you know, and not have to prepare when life is going, you know, after college when life really hits, you know, because you're you're sheltered when you're in college. You don't you're not really an adult yet. You're preparing to be an adult. But if you start preparing to be an adult when you're an adult, that's tough. So fire right now, like. This is this is good stuff, and I and I hope people people come value from because it's so true. Everything you're saying, just like building your build, building your identity outside of your sport, right? So 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 for you, like you know, as, as you kind of realize this as you write this book and kind of realize for your sisters, what 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 would your identity outside outside of basketball? Uh, well, for me, um, I'm interested and I do a lot of stuff. For me, I got my uh, degree in marketing because I was really passionate about marketing. Hey, and mar- yeah, <laughs> marketing analytics and sports marketing to be exact because, you know, the marketing world is so huge. But just marketing in itself, I, I just I just love it. I enjoy it. Um, and that's what I majored in. And then I minored in psychology because I was interested in that as well, you know, studying people and all that. And so after... I knew I wanted to go pro, but when I graduated, I was also realistic. I'm like, okay, if this doesn't happen, I want to kickstart my world, you know, my college career, I mean, my, um, you know, life career. Um, and so, yeah, and so ended up going pro, so I didn't really need to use my degree as much. Um, I When I do go home for the summer, I try to find internships or things I can do to grow my resume while I'm still playing. So when I'm like done playing and I'm like 30 something, they're like, okay, like your resume doesn't look like anything, you know? And all I have to say for myself, oh, I play professional basketball. I think you can do both. I think you can play professional basketball and also grow your resume to where, you know, when you do stop and you go into, you know, your other, you know, um, your other career, your life career, you can say, okay, well, I was doing this, but I also made some time to grow my resume and get the experience I need for this particular job. Here, here it is. Um, so that's that. And then I also modeled for a little bit. Um, I tend to do a little bit of that during the summer as well. And then I became an author. So that's, (laughs) that's a new one to add to my resume. Um, became an author. And um, at first I was thinking this is a one and done. Like I really just wanted to talk about this particular subject. It was in my heart. It was heavy. And I did that. But then I realized like, I love doing this. You know, I like being an author. I like communicating um, my word. I think words are impactful, you know, and to be able to, you know, impact a generation of, of people, not even just athletes, you know, to be better versions of themselves. That's, that makes me feel good, you know? So I, I knew I wanted to keep, con- I wanted to continue doing this. And I'm also actually working on an article right now about, you know, an athlete plus their faith, you know, or how they merged the two. Um, so that's been a really interesting process. But for me, I tend to put myself in different situations, different uncomfortable situations so I can grow. And, and see what I like to do, you know, aside from what I already like to do, you know, I think you shouldn't limit yourself to only one thing. I think you should really explore, and especially when you're at a young age, you know, this is the time for you to explore, do multiple things, you, you know, try them. Okay, I didn't like that. Oh, I like that. You know, so when you get at an age where you, you, you feel like you have to buckle down, you already know what you want. You're not still, you know, going through the motions of, oh, I still don't know what I want, you know. And then, so, yeah, that's how, that's how I take things. That's how I look at things. So, yeah. What will it take to get an article on nine point? 
Oh, we can talk about that. Is that <laughs> we can talk about that and get that going. I, I'd be really interested in doing that and collabing on this and and getting my article, you know, and you know, getting it out there with you guys. I think it's gonna be a really. I don't. I don't know if you're. Um, uh, okay, so did, I don't know what your faith is, you know, Christian, um, yeah. but I know you're an athlete and. For me, this was a very important topic, and it was a long time for me to write about this because I'm 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 a faith-based person. I'm a spiritual person, mm-hmm. um, and I think my faith has carried me through a lot of struggles with basketball, and it's made me to be a better person and a better athlete. You know, and I think our faith, you know, whoever is spiritual out there, whatever athlete that's spiritual, I think our faith in a lot of ways is our refuge, you know, when it comes to this sport, because there's so many things, crazy things that happen within our sport. You're not playing well. Your coach is treating you a different way. Your teammates don't like you, especially being overseas. It really, pro athletics really tests you, you know, because at this point of your life, you're supposed to only be good. You can't be bad. Or so, you know, that's what people think. It's like, okay, you have to be at your game every time. Every time you step on the court, you literally have to be at your game, but you ha- they don't realize that you're not a robot. You're human. And so whenever you feel like you're incapable or incompetent or not good enough or, you know, you're not as good as you thought you were, my faith comes in and like, no, you're good enough. You know what I'm saying? Or you never made it to this level. And it kind of just, my situation before, it makes it smaller. It shrinks my world, you know? And it makes me understand, hey, this is a temporary thing, you know? I need to fix my mental state right now. I need to be optimistic and positive, you know? And I need to know that I'm playing for um, something bigger than myself. You know, I'm playing, these are not just my own particular skills and, you know, assets, and I'm glorifying someone that's bigger than me. You know, this this has more, a, a way bigger purpose than myself. So when you start thinking like that, that other stuff, it means nothing anymore. Instead of just like kind of honing in on it and just thinking about it 24-7 and game after game, you're, you're doing worse and worse and worse because your mental state is not healthy and it's not right. This helps me. My faith helps me. It calms me down. You know, it puts everything into perspective. And once I do that, oh, yeah, next game, it's, it's done for, you know? <laughs> I'm back to the athlete that I thought I was and I know I was, you know? And I'm, I'm normal again. But, you know, athletics, honestly, a lot of people think it's 100% like physical. It's not. Like, it's mental. It's your physical. Like, you can get rehab, right? If something's hurting you, get treatment. You can stretch. And your body's good again. Your mind, if you don't fix your mind in that particular moment or even a moment after, it just goes downhill because you start thinking about the negative stuff and you need something to help you to something that you can cope with, you know, that can help you cope, you know? And so that's why I wrote, I wrote this book. And I know a lot of athletes out there are very spiritual and they're faith-based, you know, and that's how they get through. And I just wanted to highlight that and explain to people like, hey, we merge the two because it helps us perform better. It helps us do better. It helps us be better people, behave better, you know, and it helps us not get lost alongside our journey. And this is our story. So, yeah. <laughs> Yo, you're, you're, you're amazing. Like, like, like legit. <laughs> For me, that, like, kind of how I found God a little bit. Like when I turned my ACL, um, my trainer, you know, <laughs> Eddie Jacks, he's like, Kobe, the only way you're going to get through it is if you're a praying man. And, yes. and, and for me, and I, and I was like, all right, I need to, I need to figure, out, figure out this prayer thing. So I used to talk to God just like saying, you know, like, like I, like, I don't know why this happened, man. Like, you know, like I had all the dreams and mission, like, I don't know why this happened, but mm-hmm. I, know I, 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 I know there's a purpose that, that's bigger than this, you know, than this, this game. And right. I, I look at my life now, you know, like what I'm doing now with the, with, with the podcast and like that. Once the ACL tear, who knows if I'll be doing this? 
Exactly. Exactly. And you know, so, it, yeah. Yeah. No matter good or bad, honestly. And I try to keep that in my mind. No matter good or bad, everything happens for a reason. And it's, it's working out for your own benefit, you know, and for the better good of, of you and what you're trying to do. And everything comes full circle. Like when I got hurt my first season overseas in the playoffs, I was thinking, what? Like, I'm just at the height of my career right now. Like, I'm, like there's so much I want to do. Like, my, my career was promising. Like, why is this happening? But it's so crazy because if I would have never got hurt my first season, I would have never wrote this book. You know, I would have never done the stuff that I've already done, you know, and things that I'm, I'm wanting to do and willing, you know, will do. So, like, the, that mindset would have never came in. You know, I would never have the opportunity to do the things that I want to do now. I would never have the opportunity to meet the people that I've met. Like, it's just so many things. Like, in the moment, you're thinking, why? And then when you step out and you look into the big picture, you're thinking, oh, my gosh. Like, it's, it's, it's actually fine. I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. It's, it's working out better than I expected or better than I planned out. You know, so I try to look at it that way. And it's almost like God saying, do you not trust me? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that trusting is a big thing. Yeah. It's such a big thing because you want to control everything, but you can't, you know? What's your, what's your favorite verse? I would say favorite verse. I honestly, I don't have a favorite verse, but I do have a favorite book. Okay. Like, and my favorite book would be Proverbs, you know? And I like that book because there's so much wisdom in that book, you know, that we can relate in our daily lives and we can use in our daily lives. And every time I, I've read, I've um, read it so many times now, but I keep reading it because there's so many good things to take from that book that you can apply to your own life, you know. And for me, I tend to, I'm the type of person that overthinks stuff and I, I want to control everything. I want to control my, my life, what I'm doing, you know, I, I want to plan everything out, but you, you don't have that opportunity when you, when you trust in someone else that's like bigger than you, you can't do that. You can't have control and, and he has control, you know, you just have to give that control away. And with that book, there, there's a difference between having knowledge and then having wisdom. And it's better to have wisdom than just common knowledge, you know? And so it teaches me that every single day. And I don't know, it just, I don't know. I just, I, I really, it just puts everything into perspective, to be honest. Shell, you out here preaching this morning. <laughs> just a little bit, you know? A little something. A little something. <laughs> a little something. That's, that's awesome. Um, and like, I don't know, like, I, I know your episode's gonna really inspire people because it, it, it's, it's real on all levels of the whole. That's like people in Dallas, you know, like, like we we live and breathe our sports yeah and yeah. and there's so many kids out there that would never make make it to college or, or may not make it make, make it a pro and hopefully they, they can hear your story and kind of just hear what your book's about and kind of use that at their own level of their journey mm-hmm. yeah so so what's what i want to do too i want to do a giveaway of your book so, oh so so yeah. we can so we can find a way to I don't know, do it on what next uh, I think what next Friday, right? Is the day mm-hmm. or next Thursday. Mm-hmm. We can when it's released, we can do it do a give do a giveaway for it. And yeah, we, that's great. We, we can I don't know how we're gonna we can we can do either like a I don't know, just like follow type thing or make it more extravagant. We can just give it away and then I'll I'll cover the cost to get it to someone in the US. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'd love to do that. That'd be great. That'd be great. I'm actually working on um 
doing an audible for it now because you know um coming to greece my teammates you know you know they obviously they google everything about you they want to know everything about you and they've been wanting to read it but because it's in english and they speak greek it's kind of been hard you know the language barrier so i thought you know for all the athletes out there around the world that i meet you know through this journey of being a pro athlete what, like if they want to read my book but they can't i thought okay well let me turn it to audible where like they can choose a language preference you know and be able to read it you know um and take something away from that and kind of get inspired by it so that's what i'm working on now that's awesome that's that big that's, that's big stuff right there yeah <laughs> that's legit that's legit so the so last question for you fella how about you go um mm-hmm. so where are you at social media wise website we can kind of mention right now okay so my social media account, um, my Instagram account is at under underscore two three five. Um, my Twitter is big a underscore two three. I don't have a website currently um, for my book or anything, but I do have a book page, and it's at the reality behind the glamour underscore. Um, and those are the social medias that I use the most. I do have a Facebook, but I don't really use it that much. Um, but those are my go-to social medias account. I also have a YouTube channel actually. Um, and I haven't been on in a while, but usually uh, what I did on there was I interviewed different athletes about different uh, topics and kind of had a conversation with them. It, was, it wasn't like an interview. It was more so of like a conversation um, about different topics in, in the college athletic world. So um, my YouTube is a Shell Tech TV. I haven't gone on in a while. I'm, I'm, you know, I want to get back, but you know, basketball has been hard and I haven't had the time to really sit down and make videos or anything like that, but definitely going to get on soon. So yeah, those are my social media accounts. I love it, and and shout out to Sackley High School. Of course, yes. Mustangs. Richardson High School, go Eagles. Oh, I guess we could do that too. I just hit a love a little bit, you know. You got mixed around. Right, right. Well, Shell, it's been it's been great having you on, and I look forward to like learning more about your journey. I think you're gonna do some big things with this. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure, honestly. Um, it's been an honor to be on your podcast and being able to tell, talk about my journey. Um, and just, I think what you're doing is great. I think it's awesome. I think there's, you know, a big future for you and what you're doing. And I'm honestly, honestly inspired by you. So just continue to do what you do. And thank you for having me on here. Oh, wow. I appreciate that. Hey, you've been, you've been preaching all day, so, so, so keep going. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I'll talk to, I'll talk, I'll talk to you soon. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.